Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. Hey, you, should, you think that's bad? See Ryan on the phone in the office. <laughs> Wired that way too. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, let's get going here. Um, so we got Nate Roman, um, and he is from the app uh, Fish Brain. Nate, why don't you give us a little quick introduction of uh, who you are and and what you do over there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Owen, for having me on. Really excited to talk with both of you guys. Uh, but my name is Nate Roman. I'm a partnerships manager at Fishbrain. Um, Fishbrain is the world's most popular app for people who love fishing. So it's like a, a social network for people who love fishing and also a great way to find new fishing spots um, and find you know cool ways to go fishing in your area. Um, so it's more than 15 million people have downloaded it now. Um, super popular app across the world, especially here in the US. Um, and I get the awesome role of working with a lot of our partners across conservation across state agencies um, and meeting a lot of really cool people in the fishing industry here. So I'm excited to be on the podcast and really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Yeah, no problem, man. So yeah, uh, it's funny that, uh, you know, for, for the folks who don't know, uh, Fish Brain, I guess the corporation reached out to us via um, you guys' uh, public representation firm, um, which I got to be honest. I thought it was a scam at first. I was like, "There's no way, <laughs> fish brain." Because it was funny because me and me and Owen, Owen uh, was not a fisherman for a long time. Um, I've I've kind of fished for my whole life, but uh, Owen just kind of got into it last year, and uh, it's all I do. All I, he does I now just fish. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yep. That's the dream life. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, we. I feel like last year when you first started, you got on fish brain mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he, he'd come to me and he'd be like, dude, did you know that there's largemouth bass in the canal back <laughs> <laughs> behind the house here? Yeah. I was like, no, no way, no way. But you know, I, I feel like as you know, progressing, knowing that right. Right. And having that, um, just the fish brain saying that there's whatever fish in whatever body of water, you know, it's kind of been verified. So it's, it's kind of funny how that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, fish brains a really cool app. It's kind of like a social network for fishermen. Um, but the, I guess the first question kind of where I wanted to start, right. Is, um, it, how do you guys, how do you guys kind of keep, um, the fishermen stories out of fish brain or do you at all? Or is there any sort of vetting process for any of these, um, any of these stories or, or tags that you guys are, are seeing? Yeah. So that, that's a really good question. And yeah, it is like anyone can go into fish brain and you can log a catch. Um, so say, you know, you caught, you know, someone was fishing the canal behind you, they caught a large mouth bass. Um, they can post that catch, but I think it's worth calling out to There's a lot of control when you post something about, you know, who can see your spot and who can't. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep it locked down hundred percent private, you have that option. So some people will leave it public and, you know, we'll give you a chance to explore the map and find some spots or they, they want to share a spot um, with someone who's just getting started out and things like that. But people always have the option. 
um, to keep it private like that. And then we, um, you know, we have a really great community um, that shares those phishing reports, and we've really focused on building up a positive, honest, um, supportive community with people that way. We also do have moderation within the app too. Um, so you know, if someone had logged like a, a swordfish behind uh, that canal too, that can get reported <laughs> and basically removed that way too. Um, so we do, yeah, basically the community kind of helps um, lift up the accuracy there by reporting stuff that doesn't, uh, doesn't make sense in that area or anything like that. But it was cool, Owen, that you brought it up as like a way that you helped, like started finding fishing spots when you first started out. Because I think that's where so many people come to the app is I just moved mm -hmm. to a new area or I just started fishing or I'm on vacation and I don't know at all where to go. I need a tool that's going to tell me basically like where are the good fishing opportunities near me? What kind of fish can I catch? What bait should I be using when I'm um, heading out in these areas? Um, for me, that's how I found the app too. I've been fishing my whole life, but when I went to college, um, this was probably like six years ago now, um, you know, I'm in a, a new city, an area I'm not familiar with at all. I still want to go fishing, but I don't have that much time and I don't know any of the spots. Um, so I was doing some Googling. I found fish brain and, you know, next thing you know, six years later, I'm, I'm actually working here. So, uh, it's a it's super cool progression, but yeah, we love being that resource that beginners, um, first timers all the way up to more experienced anglers who want to find a new spot or do some more research, um, can come to and can trust for that. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely, I enjoyed using it. I, I've kind of like found all my spots at this point, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, at least local, but like if I went into like Utah or something, I would totally get on there. It's, it's kind of cool to like look around on the local stuff too in town and you're like, man, I should really go try that one day. I should just try and catch a catfish in the canal because yeah. <laughs> why not <laughs> exactly and like one of my so when you're exploring the fish brain map too um some people listening might have used it a lot of people i'm guessing haven't but um, there's a lot of different layers you can turn on within the map and my favorite mm -hmm. is always the species filters so even if you like have done a ton of bass fishing and you know those spots really well but you're interested in going to target your first muskie or you know the seasons are shifting and now you want to go out um, and you want to catch trout throughout the fall or the winter or whatever it is, um, you're able to filter that map down to just find spots that are more tailored towards that specific type of fish. Um, so that's super helpful too if you're, you know, you just want to find something new to catch or you want to find a different type of water near you. Maybe you are on vacation and you want to find a spot you can catch striped bass from the beach or something like that too. Um, I, I love using that map player especially. Um, there's a lot of other useful ones, but that's the one I, I feel myself coming back to, especially when I want to just find something that I'm not familiar with in my local area too. Right. It looks, it looks like you guys, uh, I don't know where you're located at in Ohio, but it looks like there's some kind of crazy fishing up in like the Northeastern part, maybe. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in Northeast Ohio. I'm in Cleveland, um, right off Lake Erie. And for me, like the thing I love fishing for most is steelhead trout in the Lake Erie tribs right there. So, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's an awesome fishery. A lot of people don't really know too much about it, but steelhead alley in Ohio, there's, there's a lot of really productive trout streams right off of Lake Erie. Um, so yeah, that's, that's we, what I we, love to fish for. <laughs> we were just talking, we were like, man, we should just go do a trip up there. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, we were, I think I was telling you this on our, our phone call, but you know, I was thinking, I was like, man, it would be great to be able to go up to Alaska and be able to get a bunch of, you know, delicious salmon and stuff, but it's so expensive logistically. It's crazy. But then we were thinking and we were like, man, like Ohio, New York, all these places have salmon. Um, why don't we just go up there and, you know, do it, do it there. It's going to be a lot cheaper. Um, so 
do you know much about like the numbers and what the numbers of like steelhead and salmon runs are from the Great Lakes Great Lakes compared to like Alaska? Are they higher? Are they lower? Yeah, I, I don't know, honestly, the exact numbers. Um, and it okay. varies a little bit by the fishery. But like, you know, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources stocks hundreds of thousands of steelhead, um, you know, young fish, like less than 12 inches there in the Ohio streams mm -hmm. every year just to support that fishery. Um, and in New York, which is where I do a lot of a lot of my salmon fishing, me and my buddies will go up there um, at least once a year that way to do some salmon fishing. Um, they stock um, Chinook salmon or King salmon um, in a lot of rivers up in New York too. So it's a, a really cool way to support the fishery. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a good number of fish for sure. Uh, you know, out mm -hmm. West people talk about steelhead being the, the fish of a thousand casts, you know, really elusive fish. Uh, they're bigger out there for sure and more elusive. Um, in Ohio, we, we have, you know, smaller fish, uh, but a lot more of them too. So it's a really mm -hmm. healthy population of fish. Um, we're not getting skunked too often out there. Definitely happens, but <laughs> not yeah, too that's, often. That's nice. We, we just got back. Well, I guess it's been a little over a month, mm -hmm. but we did a trip up to like uh, southeastern Alaska oh. uh, to do salmon and and steelhead wasn't really open but sometimes you'd, you'd catch one you know uh and that was a ton of fun oh that definitely on my bucket list too <laughs> yeah yeah it was super cool but we we kind of were skunked out a little bit like we didn't yeah. catch that much honestly water was super high but uh, again kind of like the comparison there i feel like alaska is very similar to the great lake great lakes in that you know you have those river um fishing opportunities obviously tons of trout and stuff like that but then like all you hear about the great lakes is like the walleye fishing like the the big water fishing pike you know musky whatever um where you know alaska it's a little bit different of species but you know you have that opportunity to go inland to the streams do some smaller stuff but then we went deep sea fishing, just slayed halibut, rockfish. It was it was awesome. But I feel like it's kind of a similar thing up on the Great Lakes. You could just go out and catch, you know, 30-inch walleye all day. Um, I'm sure it's not as easy as that sounds, but <laughs> I mean it's it's the it's the poor man's Alaska, I think. Yeah, I mean Hopefully I wish it was that easy to catch. <laughs> I wish it was that easy to catch 30-inch walleye, but there's definitely I mean, Lake Erie is kind of known as the walleye capital of the world, um, at least to us here. Um, obviously there's a lot of national attention to some of the cheating scandals on the, yeah. the, fishing, mm -hmm. the fishing tournaments there, which is a, a big bummer, but it, it's a really great fishery. Um, a lot of passive anglers, um, fishing for walleye too. Um, yeah, yeah really can't beat it. I, I feel are, very lucky to live here. Are you on TikTok at all? By chance? A little, a little bit. I see it here and there, but I, not, I, not too I'm, often. I like somehow you know they target you right so like i get a bunch of fishing stuff like fishing and biking stuff and there's so many memes about the weights and the fish man it is hilarious yes yeah, yeah. well they're getting that. criminal charges pressed on them right like big time like felonies i'm pretty sure really? yeah i think they, yeah, I think they had a few like charges yeah wow they won like a hundred thousand dollars plus so yeah. yeah crazy stuff um so um, what, what region of the country do you find, um, you know, people are using fish brain the most? That is the thing. It really is a fully national app. Like if you click into the map and just start panning around everywhere, I mean, it'll definitely big, um, be more, um, data and catches on the map, um, in highly populated areas. Um, so, you know, especially down the East coast and in Florida, 
um, you know, Texas, um, the really densely populated areas, you'll see probably the most fish being logged for sure. But it is in every state of the country, there's tens of thousands of fish logged. Um, so it's a great way, no matter where you live, you really can find um, a new fishing spot using the app. And you can also find a lot of awesome people in your local fishing community. Um, like that is another part that I really like it is, you know, using it for all these years. Like I've met a lot of people, um, like seen them on the river and been like, oh, I've seen you. I've seen you using the fish brain app before. Like, what's up, man? And then we can just kind of talk about it. You learn a lot. You can always comment on other people's posts, um, you know, even if they do want to keep their locations private. A lot of people are, are really willing to share tips, tactics. Um, you know, we've had really rough low water conditions kind of the last few weeks, just not getting any rain. Um, so, you know, you can always comment and say like, yeah, how, how are you getting these fish right now? Like what, what's working for you in this like really low water? Um, mm -hmm. So it, it's great to have that like local community for sure. I also saw on the app, so you guys kind of have like pro deals if you have the app, right? On some like gear. Right. Yeah. So we do, we do carry fishing products in the app as well. So, you know, everything from your rods, reels, lines, uh, terminal tackle, all, all the way out to like apparel, um, on that side too. And yeah, um, there's a, there's a pro membership within the fish brain app where you can unlock some advanced map layers and then also some deals on gear, um, and a few other perks. Um, so some pretty, pretty good stuff there. Um, and yeah, some awesome map layers too, like Navionics depth charts. So if you are going offshore, going for halibut or you're fishing for walleye in Lake Erie and you want to have the full Navionics charts, um, just to be able to do some like pre-scouting and drop some waypoints and things like that. that. That's one example of the, the pro map layers, but the apps, the apps free to download. Um, and most of those map layers, um, a, a large part of them are going to be free as well. Like those species filters I mentioned earlier, um, those are completely free. Everyone can use those. Everyone can use the, the social aspect of the app, um, regardless of whether you have a pro membership or not. Um, and you can also access a ton of info about like fishing regulations um, and other important info too. Nice. Can you get those uh, depth charts? Like, are those for basically every lake? I'm sure there's maybe some smaller ponds that they just don't have that data for. But like, if we were to go to a, a big time lake here in Colorado and we wanted to go ice fishing, um, you know, sit in a nice, hot, warm teepee and do some ice fishing, uh, would would we be able to look at the depth charts for for that? Yeah. Um, I mean, and we nice. get all of them straight from like Garmin Navionics on that side. So anything okay. they have coverage for, we would have coverage for in the app for you. And that's, yeah, a, a lot of people um, last year, it was a new feature towards the end of last year and people loved it for ice fishing. Just, you know, being able to look at some underwater structure and, you know, hopefully drill less holes throughout the day if you can pick a, mm -hmm. a good spot yeah. to start. Uh, I don't ice fish a ton myself, but uh, yeah, I, I can imagine it'd be a lot easier if you're, uh, moving around less and pick a pretty good spot to start the day off yeah and that that ice fishing it can, it can be <laughs> when you drill so many holes because i just have a manual auger and when the height <laughs> when the ice is like a foot plus deep and you get oh, yeah. beat up for the day <laughs> yeah it's kind of wild <laughs> you would never think it's like because i think it's like it feels like the laziest version of of fishing but it might be the most exhausting <laughs> if you're moving around a ton. And you got like the heaviest layers on to f mm -hmm. that you're just sweating all day. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it's super fun. And I mean, I, I feel like because we got a lake that we've been trying to, that we want to go to this year to do some ice fishing. That's a, a big, huge lake. Um, but uh, I think those depth charts are, are super important for that. I, I didn't realize that 
you guys had that so might have to be getting that pro 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 upgrade here soon before winter comes um but uh yeah so i kind of wanted to uh switch uh subjects a little bit um you know we do a lot of conservation talk on this podcast and you and i were kind of just briefly talking about kind of the I think as of right now, it sounded like it's more like the possibility of what fish brain can do for conservation, but it sounded like you guys had a few projects going on with, uh, uh, biologists. Um, would, would you kind of just briefly explain the, uh, relationship between fish brain and some conservation projects out there? Yeah, absolutely. And it is, you know, Fishbrain, we're a growing company. We've been a startup um, for a long time, but now that we've kind of reached a good level of scale, I think it's a great opportunity for us to start um, using a lot of that reach and this, you know, large membership um, for the benefit of our fisheries. Um, and we've definitely started a lot of projects on that, on the conservation side. Um, one of them is uh, working to get regulations in the Fishbrain app. Um, and we're constantly rolling those out for more and more states across the U.S. That's that's huge from a conservation standpoint um, to make sure that people know the regulations when they're out in the water so that they're fishing in a way that's responsible and protects the health of the fisheries there. Um, so we're constantly rolling out um, regulations um, in more and more states across the U.S. there. Um, and along the way, we're partnering with states and conservation organizations who want to reach um, the fish brain audience. So we work to promote their messaging wherever we can across the app because we know it's important um, to get our community of anglers um, and even new anglers, people who are just starting out, get them involved in the right programs, make sure they're informed about the things that their state agency is working about or um, about conservation initiatives that are important in their region. Um, so for example, we work with Return Em Right in the Gulf of Mexico, um, in the Gulf, a, a big issue for fisheries um, is barotrauma. So that's, you, you know, you imagine you caught a snapper, a grouper um, down 100 feet. When you pull that fish up, and you might have seen pictures of this, um, their stomach will be protruding from their mouth or their eyes will be popping out. Um, mm. And that fish, um, even if it has to be released because it's out of season, doesn't stand a great chance of survival unless it's released with the proper equipment. Um, so a descending device um, can help descend them slowly down um, and they swim off safely. Um, and Return Them Right is the predominant program in, that, in the Gulf region distributing those descending devices. So we work with them to do like campaigns, uh, marketing campaigns, just get all of our anglers um, in that area aware of this um, and make sure that they um, know the requirements for using descending devices and are able to, to get that on board um, as well so that you know, they can safely relief, release reef fish um, and protect the health of that fishery too. Um, lots of lots of partnerships like that. Um, just one example, and then also, um, you know, a lot of data gets generated as people use the Fishbrain app um, about where people like to fish, um, what especially if they fish like multiple locations. So we've we've worked with researchers in the past too um, to share some information about fishing trends that can lead uh, shed some light on potential risks to environments too about like the spread of. Um, aquatic invasive species. So we worked with uh, Dr. Paul Venturelli at Ball State University um, with a study that he just published this year uh, that was analyzing some trends from fish brain uh, to point out any potential risks um, about the spread of invasive species there. Um, and it's really to help reinforce that, you know, as anglers, we have an opportunity to help prevent the spread of invasive species, um, you know, make sure people are aware of the best practices there. And then also that that data can help um, point towards important regions um, for local like officials to focus on and make sure um, that 
we're studying, um, trying to detect these invasive species before they show up um, or before they really take off in an area too. Um, so I, I just gave you a very long answer, um, pretty broad, but yeah, we have, we've got an amazing community of people using fish brain and, and we just want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to put conservation closer and closer to the forefront of their minds when they open the app. Um, and then also that, you know, we kind of leverage our growing position, um, in the industry for the good of the fisheries. Cause we all win, um, when the fisheries are healthy for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, super important just like there, there are some fisheries that are, you know, definitely uh, in trouble right now. Um, it's, it's not really a secret, but I think, uh, you know, technology is definitely something, especially with the invasive, invasive species. I mean, you look at, uh, you look at the snakehead, right? That kind of, I, I just heard that the first one found in America was actually in California, but I always thought of it as like an East Coast problem, mm -hmm. right? Um, but just spreading rapidly uh, i just wonder if like you know if if uh if somebody's out there and they're using the fish brain app right and they see some something that's not supposed to belong in this pond right here you know it could be the it could be a good thing to to stop that spread you know maybe we wouldn't have the snakehead doing what it's doing at this point you know yeah Oh, for sure. And I mean, we have some features in the app too that help with species recognition. So if you take a picture of a fish and you upload it in the app, but you don't know what it is, um, we can kind of help you figure out what it might be uh, based on the way it looks. We have an algorithm that helps out there. Um, so you can imagine, um, thinking a little bit more long term here, but let's say you catch an invasive Asian carp or uh, like a big head carp in Lake Erie where it really shouldn't be and where that poses like a huge threat to the fishery if they start taking off here. Um, if fish brain can help detect what that fish is, even if the angler doesn't realize the importance of this catch um, right off the top of the bat, if we can detect what it is and help them report it to the right officials, um, and, you know, to the state agency there, um, that's a huge opportunity and a huge win to just identify problems before they get too big. Um, and same goes for snakehead or any other species um, across the U.S. that is invasive. So yeah, it's thinking long term for sure, but we, we want to make sure that we use those features that we've built out for the good of the fishery. Yeah. Uh, are there, so are there any, is the, is that catfish, uh, the big head catfish, is that uh, a new thing in the, in the Great Lakes or was that just a hypothetical? Um, that's kind of like a hypothetical, but like Asian carp um, okay. uh, throughout, you know, have become very invasive um, in some areas, uh, especially like up the Mississippi and off Mississippi in some areas where you see, I know you might've seen some of the videos of people like jet skiing and you see all the carp like jumping up and blowing up mm. um, all over. Um, yeah, I mean, when they get in, when they really take off in a fishery, they just overwhelm um, all the other fish in the area. Um, super yeah. annoying for boaters, for anglers alike. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a lot of efforts across the country to kind of stop the spread of those fish and make sure they don't, they don't reach some fisheries that they're not in, in heavy numbers yet. So like Lake Erie, yeah. um, for example, there. In some states, I think mostly out east, right? But they like will pay you to take the fish out of the water. <laughs> Essentially like, you know, get rid of the fish, right? So that could yeah. be... That could be a way to use fish brain. We're going to go down and make some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just heard a, a guy up in, uh, I think it was Oregon on the, maybe the Snake River or something, but like they have a, it was either a Northern Pike or like a Pike Minnow 
that is super invasive, but they have a bounty, and they made like seventy grand off of it. Really? So Jeez. that should that should honestly be our yeah. job. Dude, <laughs> I, was, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be blowing up the spot at that point if I could make that much money. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'd be releasing a few just to ensure that I have a job for a few. <laughs> no, not actually. Terrible. Uh, well, so so are there? I'm I'm just curious because um, I feel like don't hear much about the oh, a lot of the stuff I hear about conservation is out west here, but like are are there any uh, big um, like conservations, conservation efforts, um, to b boost the great, like what's the, what's the state of the great lakes area in terms of conservation? Are they doing pretty good? You know, are there things that they definitely need help on? What's, what's the situation there? Yeah. So that, I mean, I feel like all fisheries kind of have some different risks at play for them too. Um, I know my, my, my very local fishery, probably better, like right in the Cleveland area, better than a lot of places. Um, but we did have like a lot of rivers um, near Cleveland that had some really high levels of pollution going back a few years, um, you know, back in the 60s and 70s um, and into the 80s where pollution levels were super high and fish populations were low. So like that great walleye fishery was pretty heavily at risk for a while. Um, and, you know, the spawns weren't super high um, in that regard at all. Um, but there's been great efforts from, you know, both public private groups, um, partnerships on that side. Um, to really help um, alleviate some of those issues and improve the help of like, you know, get the walleye fishery back on track um, and a number of other fisheries too. But really, I mean, across the country, um, there are groups that are dedicated to conservation um, for sure. Um, so it's, it's all about helping like lift up that messaging within the app. Yeah. So back to fish brain, uh, what do you think is the most like effective way like, like, where do you think the sweet spot is to where, like, you know, if you're using it this way, you're really, you're, you're cooking with oil. Whereas like, if you're using the, it just for this, maybe, you know, maybe it's not as, as you're not maximizing the use of the app. Mm -hmm. I would, I will say not to be too salesy here, but the pro features really do take it to the next level in a lot of ways. Um, and you know, it, it's relatively affordable when you think about how much you spend on other fishing gear too. Like people are always trying to sell you on how this $200 rod that's slightly more sensitive is going to help you catch more fish, um, for whatever reason. Um, but a lot of times what really is going to help you catch more fish is one, getting out on the water, practicing, um, you know, getting better, um, but also just having the right information about where you're fishing, um, knowing as much as you possibly can about what baits and lures have been working for what species, um, what bodies of water hold which species and in you know, the highest amounts on that side too. Um, and a lot of that info does um, come out in, in its best form through our pro features. Um, the free version is still gonna give you some great intel about the local bodies of water near you and where you wanna fish. Um, but um, once you start toggling on more of those pro map layers, um, you really can take that um, exploration kind of um, and that ability to find new fishing spots. Um, to the next level. But even if you don't want to pay for the app on um, at all, I think the best way to use it, like I said, is the, using the species filters. So starting to like think through like, you know, what do I want to catch next? Like what kind of fishing do I enjoy? What haven't I tried yet? What am I curious about? Um, and kind of using the map to approach those questions like, oh, you know, I live in I mean, I'll use Ohio as an example, but I live in Ohio. I don't have a boat and I want to catch a walleye from shore. Um, which in Lake Erie uh, you can do in the fall here, um, especially as they start moving in um, and you can fish for them at night. But 
Uh, if you don't you know, turn on that species filter, it can be kind of hard to find those walleye um, locations amidst the sea of bass and freshwater drum and steelhead mm. and all the different catfish and things like that. Uh, but that species filter helps you really narrow it down. Then you can start picking out spots and seeing where there's a higher concentration of fish and where you might want to go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I really recommend is the species filters are probably my favorite way to approach it. Um, and then also waypoints as you start finding spots, um, saving all of those so that you don't have to refine them every time. So if you find that area where you're like, wow, I could probably catch a walleye from this jetty, go ahead and drop that waypoint so that you don't forget it <laughs> and have right. to do the exact same research over and over again. Um, so definitely well, those two are, are some that I would recommend. Were you, oh, <laughs> thought you had one. Um, so, um, well, now I lost mine. <laughs> so, um, so what, what's your, what's your favorite way to catch fish? Like if you had to pick one, you know, one species, maybe one, uh, you know, if it's bait or lures, what's your top way to catch fish and what species? For me, um, it's absolutely float fishing for steelhead trout, um, especially in the rivers right near here. So it's yeah. basically a set. You guys might have been doing something similar in Alaska for your salmon too. Uh, but you've got you know a long rod, something in the 10 to 13 foot range. You've got a bobber. Um, and there's a lot of intricacies in how you approach this. Uh, but then you're casting out in the river, letting it drift through the current. And you're just waiting to see the fish just knock that bobber a little bit or take it under set the hook and you get to fight a, a really aggressive trout that'll usually p give you a couple jumps. Um, pretty big fish too. Um, Ohio, they're a little bit smaller, but you're still going to fight a lot of fish in a six to 10 pound range. Um, and it, it's, it's just a whole lot of fun. Take uh, you're going to be wading in the river. So it gets pretty cold here. Like I'm fishing, even if it's, you know, 20 degrees, um, I'm still going to be wading like waist high in the river here. So it gets pretty cold, but it, it, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Man, when when it's when it's that cold and your eyelids are freezing up all the time, this is, it it feels like <laughs> it feels like a mission. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I know. I tried to. <laughs> we just got a bunch of snow up where I usually go, up in the lakes, and I went up there with the fly rod, and I got like three casts, and then everything <laughs> was frozen. Yeah. So, not winter fishing's fun, but. The eyelets, I think, are the worst part. <laughs> that is definitely the worst. The best way I've found to deal with it, and maybe there's a better solution. I don't know if maybe someone writes in and can tell us, but the best way I've found to deal with it is chapstick. You just run some mm -hmm. chapstick on all the eyelets, yeah. and that's that's the only way I know that works. But even with that, you're still, I mean, still I'm still fighting, fighting ice. Oh, yeah. 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 So so with Steelhead, there's are there two runs up there? Uh, kind of like they're... Because there's like a winter run and then a summer run. Am I correct there? We get uh, more of a spring run and a, and a fall winter run, I would say. But the fish okay. will be in the rivers <clears throat> consistently from October all the way through May. Um, okay. But the, there's kind of the main pushes, I would say, happen um, in the fall, like right around this time of year. If we could just get some rain, <laughs> uh, that's mm. kind of what we're waiting on now. There's still some fish in the river, but um, next rain, I think, should really help bring a big push in. And then, yeah, um, spring is more when they're starting to spawn. So a big, uh, big push of fish will come in, um, in the spring too. Okay. Are there, uh, so how's the access look out there just in terms of, um, like what are the access laws? Cause I know, you know, some places you can like, for example, in Montana, right. 
you have a river. If you find an access point, you can walk all the way down the river bottom either way and you're, you're legal. But, uh, you know, here in Colorado, <clears throat> it's, you, you have your access point and if it's not on public land, um, you can float the river, but the second you touch the bottom of the river, you're trespassing. Uh, What's what are the laws like up there with uh, some of these tributaries into the to the Great Lakes as far as access go? Well, we're we're super lucky um, with a lot of the tributaries. Um, you know, some of the, especially the ones that get stocked here. A lot of those are, um, you know, the land on both sides is kind of controlled by the Cleveland Metro Parks um, or by state groups, which just makes it so easy to get access to it. Um, like, there's literally like hiking trails um, right along some of these rivers that are like paved in a lot of ways. Um, and you have access on the shore and in the water. Um, so I, I tend to stick largely in those areas too. Um, I, so I, you know, I stick to areas that I have really solid public access to um, on that side. So I'm, I'm pretty blessed on, on that side. Um, it gets a little bit trickier when you start exploring some of the smaller creeks maybe. And yeah, you've got to make sure um, that you've got a public access point to get into the river for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm super fortunate to not have to worry about it quite as much as um, it seems like out west a lot of guys do. Man, I'm going to Ohio. I know. <laughs> I know. We should blank out the name of this this state yes. throughout this whole episode. Yes, every time <laughs> it's just a beep. Yeah. The, oh. and, then, and then every time the great comes up, we'll just replace it with some kind of other word. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like Texas or something like that. The Texas, yeah, Texas has great public land access. <laughs> uh, no, that, uh, it sounds freaking out. Do, do people ever do it with a, with a fly rod, the steelhead, or is it much more popular to do it with the, with the, the bobber? Yeah, there's a lot of different methods people use. I would say float fishing um, with a bobber is probably the most common year round. Um, but, you know, people will catch them um, with spinners or spoons, crankbaits. Um, and then they'll also catch them on fly gear. Um, so fly gear, I'd say, is most popular in the spring because the fish will be um, in riffles and in shallower water a little bit more frequently. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there are people um, doing it year round for sure. I've only fly fish for them a few times and I've never actually landed one on the fly. So that'll be on the bucket list this year. I've hooked a few. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely something I want to start getting a little bit better at. I've got some coworkers out in Montana who are, you know, big into fly fishing and they're just always, uh, you know, sending me cool pictures and stuff like that and inspiring me to try to <laughs> try to fly fish a little bit more. So yeah, th that'll be this year. That's, that's the bucket list. That's right. So I, I was using like spoons and, and spinners and stuff. The Castmaster, I think it's the best lure ever made. And I, every time we'd go out, I would just absolutely wreck him because he was on a fly. He's like fly fishing. And then I got I would, him a few times. I got him a few times. Yeah, but it was never on video. So. <laughs> um, but now I'm inspired to try and catch. I just want a big fish on a fly rod. I don't know why. Why I romanticize it, but I do. I've caught big trout on the on the spin rod countless times but the fly rod just seems quite fun i watched him fight a salmon on a on the fly rod in uh, in alaska and i was like oh man that looks that looks too fun yeah. <laughs> i mean there's something about it i mean it you know it's just uh it's the challenge right it's the reason why we go after different species it's the reason why we use fish brain to try to find you know new new species new lakes to to go after and you know it's just the it's the challenge of it and then when you finally at least for me when you finally 
like especially with fly fishing right because it's much more of a like you're trying to figure out what they're eating especially for trout you're, you you got to figure out like this specific bug this specific you know pattern this specific size of hook um you know a specific depth you know with, with a cast master yeah they, they can be picky sometimes but it's more of a reactionary um you know strike type thing not saying it's easier but i'm <laughs> saying that it's it's a little i mean just statistically you are going to catch more fish on a spinning rod. Um, so, not so it's like it's easier, once but it's not harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's not harder. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, once you do get that figured out for me, and that's the reason why I'm primarily a fly fisherman. Um, you know, if, if I'm going for food, I don't care. I'll do spin fishermen. You know, if it's salmon fishing, I don't care. Whatever catches the most fish. But, you know, if, if it's just going out for fun, I like the, like the challenge of it. So... And catching a steelhead on a fly, I feel like that's kind of like the pinnacle of fly fishing is if you can land a steelhead on the fly, you've, uh, you've done better than 98% of the fishermen out there. Man, I keep telling you to come to Ohio, but I'm going to say it again because, I mean, they are smaller fish for sure, but I, I promise you'd be able to get on some some steelhead I, in Ohio on the I, fly. I bet they're bigger than Colorado. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you say six to ten pounds, and we're like, shit, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that any day, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So do you guys, can you guys keep, you, you guys have salmon runs, right? You were saying so, or like New York... Or yeah, in, o- in Ohio we get some stray um, salmon, not not like very mu- not enough to call it a run. I would say like it's like a few that get caught in the rivers by me every year. But yeah, in New York um, you can go, you can keep salmon um, there. So I, I think limits three a day there. Um, we didn't even keep our full limit um, when we were out on that trip, and we still had plenty plenty of meat um, and mm-hmm. plenty of plenty of skein to keep fishing too. Um, so yeah, you can keep fish out there. Um, lots of, lots of regulations you got to pay attention to, um, when it comes to the gear you use, like how long your leaders mm-hmm. can be, how big your hooks can be, um, a ton of stuff that you want to pay attention to, but yeah, you do get to uh, harvest fish there. Yeah. Nice. What about steelhead? Can you keep steelhead? Yeah, you can keep a couple, yeah. um, here. Um, and it, it is because I think too, it's, it's a stocked fishery. Um, so mm-hmm. supported by, um, the Ohio DNR there. Um, so yeah, you, you can keep a couple without, um, risking it too much. Okay. Nice. Are they pretty similar in taste to salmon? A little bit more mild. Um, I would say, um, and yeah, I don't, I usually don't, I'll keep a few every year, but predominantly mm-hmm. I'm fishing catch and release for steelhead. Yeah. Um, we'll keep a couple for eggs really, um, tie up mm-hmm. spawn bags. That's a super effective way to catch fish um for okay. sure um so and we'll obviously eat the meat too um, but mostly uh, catch and release on that side okay nice yeah i think we're gonna have to start planning a trip out there mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah whenever yeah, you guys are here man <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt i it it just sounds like i don't know i, I feel like it sounds slept on yeah it does it, it sounds, does it sounds heavily slept on yeah I, I like, and I like the idea of, you know, the, the different trips that don't have a ton of attention because once like, you know, I'm sure one day the, the word will get out about Ohio steelhead fishing and <laughs> it, it'll probably, you know, it, it might be still good, but I'm sure they'll, it, it's like elk hunting in Colorado, right? It's, it's just, uh, there's the, I feel like the good old days are behind us. Right. And now it's kind of just all like the 
it's still great. It can still be an awesome opportunity, but you have to deal with people and, you know, just as like a hunter or a fisherman, there's always that romanticism of like the untouched river with just 10 pounds steelhead in it. And there's nobody else there that's going to, going to be pa- casting for those fish. So I, I think that's kind of the, the draw. And I mean, looking at a map, Ohio, like all those, you know, kind of Midwest States, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of public land, a, uh, but also you can get pretty remote. You know, people think of out there, as being the, you know, there's cities every, you know, every mile down the road. But I think you can definitely get into some remote areas. I don't know if you have a, a an opposite perspective there, but that's what it looks like on a map. Yeah, no, there's definitely, um, I mean, it doesn't feel too big city, even when you're at some of these rivers um, that do have great access and you're, you're pretty close to Cleveland or pretty close to some large cities. Um, granted, it's not probably as scenic as you know you don't have mountains in the backdrop and you still are going to be able to hear some cars here and there Um, (laughs) so it's maybe not yeah i don't i don't want to oversell ohio to you in a lot of ways but yeah no there's definitely still opportunities to find some pretty remote areas Um, you know there's some cool like marshes off lake erie and things like that that just feel super remote Um, but yeah i mean it's a cool cool state i feel like ohio you know we kind of have that underdog mentality so Maybe I get on here and I, <laughs> and I oversell it to you guys. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's cool to fish here. I got to get out West though, too. Like, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a, we got a spot here. The, the, we, we talk about it often, but there, there are like a couple rivers around here. Like if you're going for trout, which I feel like, you know, being a steelhead fisherman, you, you probably will, will en- enjoy it. But there's a couple pretty special rivers around here that, you know, you go elsewhere and you're like, you know, you go up to Montana, right? Which river runs through it, the the pinnacle of fly fishing movies, right? You're like, oh, Montana is going to be the best fishing ever. And it's, you know, it's not as good as some of the rivers here. Maybe it's just that you know them better in your local area. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe we'll trade trips. You come yeah. out here. We'll go out there. We'll we'll swap. Yeah, we can guide each other. Yeah, each, each we'll flip them around. Exactly. Oh, that sounds that sounds perfect. I mean, that's that's what's fun about this. Like, I love getting on um, talking with some people from a different area. Like, you just learn so much about where other people fish and what other mm-hmm. opportunities are out there. Because I mean, sky's really the limit. Like, you can always find a cool next trip or somewhere you want to go. Um, but yeah, we we definitely should <laughs> should do that. Yeah. Is uh, it- does it, does it get pretty like uh, competitive? I forgot what they call it, like battle fishing. I don't know. Or like you're just standing next to 35 people. You're almost all holding hands, getting tangled up all the time. Or is it pretty chill? Uh, depends on what you're fishing for and where. So like, uh, you know, steelhead, you can usually spread out um, a decent amount. You'll see other people on the river, um, mm-hmm. but you can usually get your own, own your, a run to yourself or, you know, have plenty of space. There are spots in Ohio, like uh, if you look up pictures of like the Maumee River walleye run, uh, which is in Toledo. I used to live in Toledo. That is like, um, I mean, you'll be shoulder to shoulder with 200 people, um, like really? six feet apart from everyone. And you're just casting out um, into the run. Um, so you, you tangle up a lot, <laughs> but you, yeah. you, catch, you catch a lot of fish too. Um, and some, some salmon fishing spots, um, you know, if you go close to a dam uh, in New York, you'll see that kind of fishing too. But if you get further down river, um, you can generally 
find more open water um, or, you know, more remote water on that side. Yeah. Get away from people. Alaska, Alaska in the busy season looks exactly that way. Like you just, everybody's holding yeah. hands, like <laughs> just hoping, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, it's like anywhere. If there, there are places in Alaska you can get away from, from people, but yeah, it's, I mean, you have to have a boat. Yeah. Boat. Boat or a plane. That's for sure. I'm inspired to buy a boat. I know. I know. All this talk <laughs> of fishing, man. It would make summers so much, uh, so much better. Yeah. You could just go after walleye because that, that's like one of the things that we don't really have out here. We have a, there's a couple walleye <clears throat> lakes, but uh, there's there's really not much in terms of uh, in terms of good walleye fishing out here. I think uh, we kind of got to wrap it up, you know. But um, I have one more question for you. Uh, I'll try to ask this for for everybody. But uh, in terms of fishing, right, and fishing gear, obviously you got your rod, your reel. And probably your waders. Aside from those pieces right there, what uh, what is one or two or three pieces of gear that you just never go fishing without? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I would say one thing I really like having is um, it's just these little like I think it's boomerang brand, but these snips that I always clip to my raid um, to my waders. Or if I'm fishing throughout like the summer, like I can always just clip on my shorts or something. And then it's easy to always have access to your scissors um, and be able to change line, um, cut line real quick, change rigs like that. Um, so I like having that. I'll do the same thing with my like pliers. I'll always try to keep on like a, whatever you call the little extender, um, <laughs> extender mm -hmm. cord that you get to pull out just to keep that really close at hand. Um, so that's, I mean, those are some of my go-tos just to keep those things close at hand. I feel like I always try to have just like one super small box of terminal tackle and stuff like that, that I'm going to go to most often. Um, so like, if I'm like, you know, these are the soft plastics I'm going to use today. Here's the jig head I'm going to use. Um, you know, maybe I've got, uh, a barrel swivel that I'm using to tie my leader on, um, or something like that. Like whatever those like really small pieces of terminal tackle that I want to be able to grab super quick. I always just want to have them in one small box. That's either in the front pocket of my waders. Um, or, you know, if I'm fishing throughout the summer, it's the first thing I grab when I reach into my like sling pack or anything like that. Um, so I guess, I guess, yeah, those, I don't know how many I just listed, but I guess yeah, that, two that, or three. that's kind of that, and, and obviously your phone and take pictures of the big fish and use the fish brain app. Exactly. exactly. That's there what I was go. supposed to say. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you helped me out yeah. there. Yeah. Well, Owen, did you have any more questions? No, I think I'm yeah. good. I think uh, I'm going to go book my flight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Perfect. Yep. All right. I'll see you this weekend then. Sounds <laughs> good. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to stay in touch though about that because I think i'd be down i'm very serious about coming would, out there i would happily go on my own yeah get the fish oh, yeah. brain team oh, yeah. get the seek outside team together we could do we could do a pretty cool trip i think yeah yeah that'd be sick yep stay in a teepee get it for sure try to try to hike in there get a little remote there but yeah no i, I think uh, at some point definitely gonna, gonna be coming out there um but yeah, thanks a bunch, man. Thanks yeah. for jumping on and really appreciate uh, what Fish Brain is doing for, for fishermen and conservation, all that good stuff. So thanks a bunch for, for joining us. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, definitely thanks, guys. Yeah, of course. No problem, man. Good meeting you, Nate. Yep. Yeah.